DAB Plus online via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. UFL All Access on TalkSport 2. And welcome to EFL All Access on Talk Sport 2. I am Hugh Wozencroft, and after a reduced programme, thanks to the FA Cup third round, the focus in the EFL turned to new additions in a number of dugouts. The biggest being at St Andrews as Tony Mowbray returns. Can you sell the name Tony Mowbray in, in America, which I'm sure the current owners will want to do? Maybe not, but can you sell success and progression? I think you probably can. Stephen Schumacher's replacement at Plymouth Argyle has come out of the blue. Ian Foster, the former Al Etifak assistant, has been given the green light. I want our strengths to be to, to reflect the football club. I want us to be an, an energetic, front foot, brave, honest team. And take a gander at Sutton United. Uh, Steve Morrison in as their new boss, hopefully to save their EFL status. I've got an opportunity to to go back into the league and um, as we know I like a challenge and Steve Morrison will join us later on in the show around 6.50pm uh, we'll also look into the best EFL performances in the FA Cup this weekend of course the big results from the weekend in League 1 and 2 as I'm joined by the former Ipswich and Swindon forward Sammy Parkin this is TalkSport 2 Hello, hope you're all well. Thank you very much for joining us. We're into the second week of January. I feel like we're entering a part of the season now um, where teams are, if you like, the moving part of the season, right? And the next couple of months are really going to define what you're really fighting for. Is it going to be a playoff spot? Is it going to be automatic promotion? Are you going to be stuck in that relegation battle? So on and so forth. Um, if you do well over the next couple of uh, months, then you'll have higher things to think about. But if not, then like I say, you might be stuck in the mire. And um, this is the uh, time that I bring in Sam Parkin, who can tell me all about it. Good evening. Hi, Hugh. How, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. I would say happy New Good. Year, but it's the 8th of January. So I'm going to say happy second week of January to you because I haven't spoken to you since the New Year. And I feel like I need to give you a little bit extra in terms of a greeting. Thank you, mate. Yeah, it's difficult to know when the cutoff is, isn't it, after January? But um, is the tree nah, down? Um, when did the tree come down in your house? That's the us. tree. The, I don't know if this is bad luck, but the decorations came down a few days ago. But I've only got it out the front door this morning. So it nice might be death a little bit there. It Maybe might a bit be, but bad luck. Yeah, it might be. It might be. But at least we know you've been busy today. Um, not just uh, taking care of things in the house, of course, but uh, looking at some fitty because it was a busy weekend. Uh, different things to get our heads around. We're talking about more than one competition, of course, with the Cup and the League going on this weekend. The big news was regarding Birmingham City this weekend as well. And for some, it was an eyebrow raiser. For others, not so much. Tony Mowbray becoming Birmingham's new manager. A two and a half year deal. He replaced Wayne Rooney, who was sat last week. Brings a wealth of experience, of course, in the championship with him. He's coached uh, Blackburn and Sunderland most recently. He only lost his job not too long ago at Sunderland. Uh, we're going to get the views of a fan next, Sam Sheppy from the Blues Focus podcast. But very quickly, Sam, what was your initial reaction to Tony Mowbray's appointment? Probably initially when I read the the links, probably a little bit of surprise considering the, the road they'd gone down previously. It feels a little bit like a, a U-turn, not the most dramatic of U-turns, that said, because I think Tony Mowbray 
gives you a little bit of the new and a little bit of the old. And I think in terms of a, an appointment that will gradually improve the, the football, the excitement levels, which is what we're led to believe the owners want, it makes a lot of sense. And and just this afternoon, I was just thinking about, you know, the way Wrexham have attacked it and, and a different level. Absolutely. This is a bigger club we're talking about here at a higher level. But Phil Parkinson was a very sensible appointment there. I think in time that will probably change when the, the remit changes and they're playing at a higher level. But for now, it's been perfect and other people in other positions at the club. And I see um, Tony Mowbray as a, a similar type of appointment. And he has played some great football at Blackburn and Sunderland. And above Wayne Rooney, he's got that vital championship experience year after year. For me, it's a massive U-turn, but I'm delighted <laughs> about it, to be perfectly honest. I haven't got anything against Wayne Rooney, by the way. Just, you know, you want to see these football clubs, you feel, you want to feel like they're in the hands of people that know what they're doing. The appointment of Wayne Rooney and sacking of John Eustace kind of felt like, you know, that the hierarchy at Birmingham City maybe think they can they can school the rest of the championship. They can do something that no one else saw coming and they can take themselves to an elevated position. But the game is the game when it comes to the championship and someone like Tony Mowbray knows it inside out. And I look at it and I think... His work with young players, it's been absolutely fantastic. His man, manage man, man management, absolutely fantastic. Will he strike up a rapport with the fans? I imagine he will. It's not that he's going to come out and do a big P PR exercise when it comes to the fans, but he'll be very, very honest with them, and I think they will respect that. So for me, it's a really good appointment, and the kind of appointment that makes you think, what were they thinking appointing Wayne Rooney in the first place if a manager like Tony Mowbray is going to be of such interest? But there you go. Maybe they now feel... Like, you know, being inside the playoffs where they were, they could look up. And now being just outside the relegation zone where they are, they need someone like Tony Mowbray to make sure they aren't looking and going down. But anyway, uh, let's speak to Sam Sheppey, who I mentioned a few moments ago from the Blues Focus podcast, who can tell us exactly how the fans are feeling about it. Good evening. Hi, guys. How are you doing? I'm doing OK. I'm doing OK, but I don't support Birmingham City. So... Are there two camps when it comes to Blue Noses today? Are there those that think this is fantastic? Others that, that still think that they could get a better manager through the door than Tony Mowbray? Uh, it's interesting to hear what you guys have to say, actually, because the fact that you say, you know, there could be two camps or whatever, from what I've seen online, a lot of the fan base is united, actually, in saying that Tony Mowbray is a good appointment for the club. I suppose because of the style of football that he plays, it is attacking football. Mm -hmm. But then again, he has also got that championship experience. So you're kind of meeting in the middle where you had the Rooney side of it, which is the extreme of, you know, let's play forward-thinking football uh, on the front foot, but then just not prioritise the defence. Then you've got the Eustace side of it, where it was very much, you know, let's play to not lose the game. So I'm hoping with Mowbray and a lot of the fans hoping as well that we can meet in the middle and kind of have both styles at once to get us back up in the league. Yeah, I think actually you're, you're probably right about that. Excitement? Is that the overall feeling? Or do you feel like, as I kind of alluded to a few moments ago, Tony Mowbray's bought, been brought in almost to make sure the club doesn't go down rather than achieve those big goals, that no-fear football that the club was speaking about when they appointed Wayne Rooney. Do you, do, you, do you feel like the club has changed its outlook or do you feel like when you look at the, the comments that were made when Rooney was appointed that Mowbray could still bring those things? Um, I think there could still be excitement this season with Tony Mowbray in charge. I think you know, what you get with Mowbray is so much experience in the fact that, you know, he's kind of been there, done it with different clubs in the championship. I mean, beforehand, where he's managed Middlesbrough, say, for instance, they were 22nd when he took over, took him up to 12th place into a top half finish. 
and um, with Blackburn Rovers as well, took them from League One, um, albeit sort of relegated in the Championship in his first season, but then took them all the way up to eighth place when he left Blackburn. So I think with Mowbray, you sort of have seen it before where he took sides from the bottom end of the Championship and made them even into playoff contenders. I mean, we saw with Sunderland last season what he'd done there, you know, taking them from, um, he sort of took over from Alex Neil, didn't he, when he departed at the start of the season and then took Sunderland right up until the playoffs and they lost to Luton who uh, won in the final. So I think with Mowbray, there is definitely optimism in terms of what this could turn into and it also gives stability. So there's a lot of excitement in the Birmingham camp. Sam, I've seen some links today to, to Diallo and some other potential loan signings. I'm not sure if that one will happen, but who within the Birmingham squad that you've maybe seen flashes from this season could the Tony Mowbray appointment possibly reinvigorate? Um, I mean, in terms of reinvigoration, you have to look at some of the players in the line for instance you know before um, Wayne Rooney came in we were the best defence in the championship besides Leicester City so we definitely have potential there and it's players like Dion Sanderson uh, John Ruddy that he needs to really you know reinvigorate their form and give them a bit of confidence and that's something that Mowbray spoke about in his sort of I mean to he had when he signed with the club you know having to install the confidence back in the players and in terms of sort of players that we have up front you know in the forward areas obviously you say about Diallo there but that's a crazy long shot but in terms of the place we've got at the moment, Jay Stansfield is someone that has already performed this season. And I think with a coach like Mowbray, with a bit more know-how of how to sort of manage these players, he's managed teams before, they've scored lots of goals in leagues. So I'm hoping that he can get Stansfield to get into even better areas than what he's doing and with even better coaching, he's become an even better player. First game in charge is going to be against Swansea. They've also just appointed a new manager, of course. What are your thoughts about what the rest of this season might hold? Are you seeing this as kind of, you know... Tony Mowbray will have an opportunity to really get his feet under the table in time for next season and then maybe you'll push on then or do you still feel like this campaign I wouldn't say something special of course but you will be able to see a real progression in terms of the team by the end of the year I think in terms of like past seasons there is a bit of a low bar that's been set you know in the seasons gone by I think a highest finish in what seven seasons is 17th so technically if he finishes above there it's an improved season mm. on the last so I mean there obviously that but then again I think with January transfer window coming up sort of you know in that three-week period now where you can sign players I think there may be sort of two or three that come through the door but in terms of sort of looking forward I think the main stuff is going to happen next summer if we do keep Mowbray on which I'm hoping we do because we need a bit of stability and we need sort of that know-how of the championship and sort of knowing the right players to sign as well so January is going to be big and I still think there is a bit to salvage from this season as well. How are you feeling about the hierarchy at the football club? The decision to bring in Wayne Rooney, <clears throat> excuse me, the decision to sack Wayne Rooney and now bring in Tony Mowbray. We spoke about it being a U-turn a little bit earlier on. How much faith do you have in terms of, of Gary Cook, Tom Wagner, Knighthead, Capital, you know, those in charge of the football club? That, that, that I don't want to say that they know what they're doing, but that they can deliver all the things that they've been promising. Yeah, I think with Knighthead Capital, they've done a fantastic, when they've come in so far of sort of, you know, getting the fan back on side. I think we saw that at the start of the season when John Eustace was still there, you know, there was such a feel-good factor around the place, you know, with home wins against Leeds where we scored in the last minute when Tom Brady was uh, at, the, at the ground. And also we saw Plymouth as well. We've got a last-minute winner. And I think you see these sort of different things that have come into the club since the new regime have took over, that bit of optimism. And I think with the whole Rooney stuff, you could see what they were trying to do, sort of bring in that, you know, media attention, I guess, of having the big name in charge. It didn't work out, but I genuinely think, you know, these are good people that just made a bad mistake. And now that Tony Mowbray's at the club, everybody needs to get on the same page again, which I think they will. 
and it will be a good crowd for the game against Swansea on Saturday. And I'm hoping the um, team can get three points and get us back up the league. Sam, I had a chat with um, former Birmingham manager Steve Cottrell the other day and we were talking about the, the change in terms of the philosophy at, at Birmingham. What are you anticipating seeing in the opening 10 minutes under under Tony Mowbray? Will it be that kind of hybrid between what John Eustace and Wayne Rooney have, have served up? I mean, what do you think that's going to look like? It's an absolute lottery of Birmingham. I think that's one of the things about supporting the club where you just never know what team you're going to get. But I think with the game against Swansea, what I'm looking for is just 11 players that are on the same page. Because I think with Rooney coming in, there was a lot of players that weren't entirely convinced by what he was saying to them. And I think that really did show on the pitch where there was just that, you know, there's no cohesion really with the team. And that's why we fell so low in the league. So I'm hoping for, you know, 11 players to be on the same page, play a style of football that, you know, isn't too risk heavy, but also prioritises the defensive basics as well. So I'm just hoping that, you know, things can be balanced out and we look better in each area of the pitch. And then hopefully over time with more uh, games that Mowbray has in charge, he can really, you know, implement his stamp on the team and get us back up the league because that's all we want. You know, a team that competes sort of, you know, towards the top of the league because that's what Knighthead and, you know, the board have set out to do. So gradually, you know, we know that it's going to be a long process, but we just want to see improvements on, you know, what was a terrible stint for Wayne Rooney in charge with, you know, leaking goals left, right and centre. So, you know, I think if we if we keep a clean sheet on Saturday, even that's a positive. But it's just baby steps, isn't it? I've got to say, um, you know, congratulations to those at Birmingham City managing to unite virtually all of football and their entire fan base on two occasions so far this season. Virtually everyone thought Wayne Rooney was a bad appointment. Virtually everyone thinks Tony Mowbray is a great appointment. So congratulations for that. And listen, for the fans, things are looking up. So Sam, appreciate you joining us. That is Sam Sheppy from the Blues Focus podcast, all part of the TalkSport fan network, by the way. The TalkSport fan network, uh, a collection of podcasts are made by the fans, of course, for the fans. Just search TalkSport fan network to find out more. You'll get it in the TalkSport podcast feed. Um, and of course, if you just want to search Blues Focus Podcast, you'll find the guys uh, there as well, making their regular great stuff. Okay, Sam Parkin with me on EFL All Access. We've tied a bow on Birmingham City, but plenty more managers have arrived as late Christmas gifts. We'll discuss those next. You're listening to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2 in partnership with 888 Sport, made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. It's 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Yes, welcome back to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. I am Hugh Wozencroft. Alongside me is Sam Parking, the former Luton and Swindon striker, is here. And we've been discussing managerial appointments, Tony Mowbray in at Birmingham, but many, many more in the EFL over the last week. Luke Williams appointed the new Swansea manager. He has left Notts County. Big decision from him. He's uh, joining Swansea on a three-and-a-half-year deal. He, of course, replaces Michael Duff, who was sacked last month. Uh, Notts County a fifth in League Two following their promotion back to the EFL last season so he's done some fantastic things at the club left them in a very healthy position he has actually previously worked at Swansea uh, under Russell Martin he took charge of the side for their FA Cup third round win over Morecambe on Saturday big step up do you think Sam for him or will he handle it well? No I think he's ready Clearly, and um, it obviously works for Swansea that he was there previously. I think a big part of the regime under under Russell Martin. I've, I've watched Luke 
Williams's career closely, uh, given that his his first uh, stint at, at management, first team management was at Swindon at my old club, mm-hmm. which I was covering very closely at the time. So, you know, Luke was a massive part of a really good Swindon side as number two to to Mark Cooper. It seemed at that stage he was a little bit of a reluctant number one, but he's since gone to Notts County, had unbelievable success. And um, yeah, it goes back to a place where I think he may still live or certainly has a, has a home. So um, this shouldn't be too tough a transition. And in terms of the type of manager he's been the last few years it should fit beautifully with Swansea and their squad complete contrast really as much respect as I've got for Michael Duff I didn't understand that appointment at the time I think Michael Duff will go on and become a really good manager and is already a really good manager but I think in terms of the squad that Luke Williams is going to have to play with this is absolutely perfect when you look at Swansea of late, though, in the championship, um, it's a big job he's got on his hands. They had a couple of very good seasons up towards the top of the table, and really off the back of their Premier League money. They were still in parachute payments. All right, their first season back down, they finished 10th, then 6th and 4th. Last season, they were 10th, season before that, 15th. So... The club will always have aspirations to get back to the Premier League. Of course, they spent a very long time there, uh, six seasons in a row in all. But is that truly the goal that he's got on his hands now as their manager to get back to the Premier League? Is it more to get them into the rhythm of respectable playoff finishes, consistency towards the top of the table? That will bring them that opportunity in time. Yeah, I think backing is probably what they require. And I think that was the... The, the kind of sentiment of Russell Martin continually during his his tenure there that there wasn't quite enough within the squad. Clearly, they they kind of went back to what they'd been previously under Martin's stewardship, and that's what they're going to have again because those two work together. Um, I think they see football in very similar way, and I think that squad, the likes of Matt Grimes, Harry Darling, um, Humphreys, they've got on loan from Chelsea. These are really comfortable ball-playing centre-halves and ball-playing midfielders who will be really well accustomed to the way that Luke Williams will want to play. Probably in the final third, they need a little bit more. I know that he's already spoken about trying to improve the performance levels of Patino on loan from Arsenal. So that should be music to his ears. I'm sure he'll enjoy playing in in Williams's side. Um, Yates has gone off the boil a little bit. Mm. He's not been as free scoring as maybe as he was in the, the early weeks of the season. So I'm sure they'll look to add. If he gets back in, then uh, of course they they can hope for an improved second half of the season. But I mean, you know, promotion would be um, probably an incredible, incredible achievement for this year, but improvement second half. And, and I don't want to say it, but the Swansea fans crave the style of football they retreated to throughout the noughties. And Mm. I'm sure they can get that back with this appointment. Yeah, correction, Swansea fans, don't at me, you're right. Seven years in the Premier League, excuse me, I missed one of them off. Maybe the season they were in Europe, so it shows you the heights that they've been at recently and they will desperately crave to be back there once again. I am a big fan of Luke Williams. I'm sure many of us who've seen his teams are, so hopefully he can do a good job whilst at the Swans. Great that he gets the opportunity as well, of course, and that they weren't looking further afield. And You know, an English manager who's been working in the EFL, getting the opportunities, absolutely fantastic. Another British manager uh, who's into the championship is Ian Foster. He's left uh, Stephen Gerrard's setup at Al Etifak uh, to manage Plymouth Argyle, replacing Stephen Schumacher. He is the former England under 18, 19 and 20s boss. 
before I ask you, Sam, whether you think he's been a left-field appointment, because some of us didn't see this coming, those of us that think we can see into the future anyway didn't see it coming, um, let's hear from the man himself. He's been speaking to Talk Sports' Lawrence Mora. Well, Ian, congratulations. Uh, in the dugout, less than 24 hours after joining the club, but uh, and a winning start for you as well. You must be a pretty pleased man this evening. I'm really pleased. Um, the big thing is, we, you know, we're in the half for the next round, which was, which was the plan, but... The wider joy for me is the opportunity to to get to work with the players from the from the get go, you know, and see them live, see them under pressure, and um, it was a wonderful experience for me in, in terms of being around them, getting in the dressing room, being in the technical area. So yeah, it was a really uh, positive decision that I made in terms of making that choice rather than being you know up in the stand watching it from afar. Yeah, you could have been in the stand. What what made you want to be on the touchline this afternoon? I just thought it was too good an opportunity to, to to turn down. Why wouldn't you want you know Why wouldn't you want to be around them? That's my job, you know. I know you know a few of the players from the uh, the England pathway, but for, listen, football's football. You know, I'm going to work with these players for a long time. I thought it was really important that I introduce myself, give them a few pointers, and and off we go. You've worked with Morgan Whitaker, I think, with England. Yeah, you know all about him. Mm-hmm. He's such a talent at this level and uh, and in the championship. Listen, he's he, we've all seen it. He's he's got so much ability going forward. He can um, change the course of a game with, with with the skills that he's got. And my job is to develop in, him into an even better player because there's loads more development to come from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the work starts Monday. With that in mind. Is it your top of your list to keep hold of him this January? Well, certainly no discussions for him to go anywhere else. Like I say, we've got a recruitment meeting tomorrow where we'll, we'll get down to brass tacks and see, see what we can do to improve the squad and help the players that are here. And just finally for me, what does a uh, Ian Foster team look like? Well, hopefully I'll be able to show you over the, over the next few weeks. Listen, I just I want our strengths to, be, to, to reflect the football club. You know, I want, um, I want us to be an, an energetic front foot, brave, honest team. Uh, you know, that's that's the people they represent and, you know, we, we need to make sure that our performances reflect that. Uh, Ian Foster there, the new manager of Plymouth Argyle. They had a 3-1 win over Sutton United at the weekend. He was speaking to Lawrence Mora uh, after that game. Decided to get straight in the dugout the day after he was appointed as manager. And, of course, spoke about Morgan Whitaker, who rounded off the victory in the 91st minute of that game. Uh, Sam Parkin, it's an interesting one, this appointment, isn't it? But then they've done things their own way, always Plymouth Argyle, and things are working at the moment, so why go go against that? He's clearly got very, very good experience, Ian Foster, and he's so smart of a guy, he got straight in the dugout so that he could get a win in his first game, because that was always coming, wasn't it? You know, get it in early. That's, that's very important too. Um, do you think it's a left-field appointment? How do you think he'll do? No, I think very in keeping what... With what they've done previously, you, you look at um, Ryan Lowe. He'd had one pre- previous gig, I know, at, at Berry before he got the Argyle job. Stephen Schumacher had never taken a um, a first team before, so uh, even sounds like he's from the same neck of the woods, doesn't it? Mm. But I think you know the the, the contact is Neil Dusnip, who's the director of football, who's worked at various age groups at, at England. So no, I think. Um, you know, Ian Foster had a, a lower league career, I, I understand. So very similar to, to what's gone before. And yeah, that background of working with young players, potential um, recruitment as well, looking at some of those lone stars that that Steve Cooper, for one, 
uh, really profited uh, with a few years ago at Swansea. So that's probably the kind of model they're looking at and someone that can improve those younger players and still play that attractive brand of football, that free scoring brand of football that the Argyle fans have grown really accustomed to. So, no, this is the way I expected them to go. Maybe someone with slightly more first team experience, but no, really excited for the for the weeks and the months ahead. And I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine. They've got a good group of players there and they've been consistently performing for, you know, over a season now. The one big thing, of course, and um, um, he was asked it there. Yeah. Lawrence, sorry, Lawrence Moore asked him there in the in the interview. They, they've got to keep hold of Whitaker now. They've mm. lost Azaz and, and Kundal. Kundal's been a, a really good squad player, valuable squad player for them. And Azaz has been, you know, phenomenal so far this season. So to lose Whitaker, I would start to be a little bit concerned for them. Okay, right. It might not be left field, but this one did surprise me. He's a friend of the show. Congratulations to Danny Cowley. He was the new Colchester United manager, the former Portsmouth, Huddersfield and Lincoln boss, joining on a two and a half year deal. First game in charge was a two-all draw at Swindon Town. Of course, the club, as he took over, 22nd in League Two, six points off the relegation zone in the relegation battle. How do you think he can keep the club up this season? And are you surprised he's gone back in at this level? A little, but then, you know, geographically, I know that really suits and I know mm. that's, you know, not the, the end and be all, but, you know, they both got families, him and him and Nicky, and I'm sure there was a, a real pull there. And it's, I'm not going to say it's a sleeping giant, but it's definitely a club that's been underachieving a hell of a lot over the last few seasons. And I thought the, I thought the Ben Garner appointment showed a real uh, impetus and ambition Mm. in the summer. And I don't think he got enough time. So I think there's a good nucleus of players there. I honestly do. And I saw them before the start of this hellish recent run. Um, I think they were on a a run of three straight victories, you know, in the early days of Matty Etherington. And they looked like a good side. They had a nice balance. They had a, a good front pairing in Tavide and, and Taylor. I know Taylor's subsequently gone back to, to Luton, but they got some decent players there and they just need to get better defensively. I'm sure that's where Danny Cowley will focus in the in the days ahead. And if they, they can do that, then you know, I've got no doubt that they'll um, they'll drag them up the table and no problem at all. And we should talk about Carl Robinson. Um First game in charge of Salford, lasting 14 minutes before he got an early red card. It was a pretty fiery two-all draw against fellow strugglers Forrest Green. Um, It was punished for delaying the restart of play by the referee uh, Charles Breakspear. Uh, Forrest Green, by the way, just inside the drop zone, six points behind Salford and Colchester. And obviously they made the change not too long ago in appointing Troy Deeney. So in terms of survival particularly in the English Football League, very important to the clubs down there. And that's why they've made these changes. The question is, is Carl Robinson the right man for Salford right now? Well, he's got a brilliant CV to be taking a a, a team that's in such dire straits down the, 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 the bottom end of the division. So it's an incredible get, I, I think, for them. Um, you know, I look at the squad and I think it's a squad stacked with experience, guys that have played at a higher level. Um, it's not really the the model that I probably anticipated when Neil Wood got given the opportunity. I thought that was a really sensible appointment, someone that would, you know, try and create a culture. Uh, if they stuck with him, someone that would probably improve young players, get a playing philosophy, everything that Salford has been crying out for 
over these struggles in in League Two. I say struggles, you know, relative struggles because they lost in the in the playoffs, didn't they, last season to to Stockport? But but still, they with their resources, they they shouldn't be in that division any longer. So, yeah, Carl Robinson's a really good appointment. He needs to be given time, I suppose. He needs to be able to move some players in and out in the in the window. Um, but I think it's more about yeah, it's more about sticking with a manager and, and growing the playing style. I think that's that's always the issue rather than going for names that have maybe done it at a higher level. I'm not sure that's kind of the model that's going to get you out of the division ultimately. But does it increase your confidence they'll stay up by appointing him? Oh, staying up, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it's so challenging now down the, the bottom of that table because everyone's rolled the dice. And, mm. you know, to, to, to think of the calibre of the... The Cowleys going in at a club and and Robinson and obviously um, Troy get in his first opportunity as well. It's going to be incredibly competitive. And I think all those aforementioned clubs, I mean, Forest Green Rovers is a is a little bit of a, a lottery, given it's a, a bigger gamble than the other two. That said, I understand that they've improved um, yeah, very much under under Troy in his early days. So um, hopefully it's going to be incredibly exciting for the neutral. I'm sure not for those guys. All right, Sam Parkin with us on EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. It's made in partnership with 888 Sport, made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. 18plusbegambleaware.org. And up next, uh, we'll be discussing some of the results from this weekend. We're going to dive into football, finally. That's next on TalkSport 2. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. EFL All Access on TalkSport 2. Let's dive back into the EFL. I'm Hugh Wisencroft alongside Sam Parkin. Um, Sam, just some of the results from this weekend that I thought kind of stood out very quickly. Exeter beating Carlisle by two goals to one. Exeter moving out of the relegation zone. Um, they had a debut this weekend that kind of had most people's jaws on the floor. Loan signing Luke Harris from Fulham. Uh, his new manager, Gary Caldwell, calling him incredible, and he certainly is one to watch. But it was also a very important win for Exeter and a tough one to take for Carlisle too. Yeah, much, much needed victory for, for Exeter. That said, the, the, the form has been better, uh, undoubtedly. And yeah, interesting to see another loanee coming in from, from Fulham, given that they had Stansfield mm. um, throughout the last campaign, I believe it was. Mm. And you think of the players that, Exeter have lost um, from that promotion winning side. I mean, all of them invariably have gone on to play at a higher level or currently playing their trade at a higher level. The likes of um, Collins and, and Jack Sparks, Nombe and, and Brown and the aforementioned Stansfield. So this is a this is a new team in essence who have really struggled. I think scoring goals has been the, the, the biggest issue. I think 18 goals from their 25 games, failing to score in 13 of those. So um, that's been a big problem, and I would, I would suggest that their their future in the division, their 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 hopes for the second half of the seasons, a lot of it will be defined by what they do this January. So by getting Harris in and and getting that debut from him, that's um that's a brilliant way to start the new year. Uh, elsewhere in League One, Cheltenham two, Portsmouth one. Despite injuries and illness, Daryl Clark's side getting the victory. They do though stay three points from safety, but. You know, maybe, and I, listen, Daryl Clark's been absolutely amazing since he went in there and he's got results that have given them a chance after that 
you know, if I called it a horrific start to the season, it would be an understatement. But Portsmouth, we have to talk about because it's just one win in five league games for them. They are still two points clear of Bolton. Bolton have two games in hand, though, and both Peterborough and Derby just four points behind them with one game in hand. So you almost want to ask the question if if this form is going to destroy their title procession, what we thought it might be at one point. Yeah, I, I probably... I probably... You can disagree. Didn't, I didn't envisage <laughs> us having this conversation probably about Portsmouth at the start of the season, Hugh, if I'm if I'm being honest. I thought, and nothing's changed in my mind, Le- League One was going to be the most open division of the, of the three. And that is still the case. They've had a phenomenal start, Portsmouth. And, in my opinion, because I was there for the for the Bolton game on Talksport Two about a, a month ago, which they won and won well. Um, I think they've been hamstrung by injuries, uh, literally, <laughs> to you know three of their you know four maybe of their their best players. And Colby Bishop is back now, but he's not in that same rhythm that he was the early part of the season. They've lost arguably their two number 10s, out-and-out out number 10s in Tino Andrin, who I thought was going to be a star in League One this season. Now Robertson, the Manchester City loney. So that creativity was sorely missing at the weekend. I think they'll come again. But again, the hierarchy, the director of football, the recruitment staff need to pull a few rabbits out of the hat this um, January. Otherwise, you know, it could be them falling out of the automatic contention because there's so many good teams up there. Derby are motoring. Peterborough are a great watch and, and Bolton are a seriously good side. If we didn't know that before the weekend, mm-hmm. they went to Kenilworth Road and, and did really well in, in getting a draw. So listen, this is a this is a wobble, but it's it's only one win in five. It's not a disaster for Portsmouth. They would have absolutely snapped your hand off to be in this position, in my opinion, uh, before the start of the season. So huge credit to Cheltenham, I think, on this day. Huge credit to to Daryl Clark, what he's done. I mean, 22 points from his first 15 games after... Mm. That hellish start that you you mentioned to you. I mean, it was it was a ridiculous start. Something that you, you very rarely see. One win in there, mm. one point. Sorry, after the first twelve games. So this has been an incredible turnaround. Old teammate of mine, Liam Circum, doing the doing the damage. Brilliant professional. Probably his his biggest strength is his mentality. Always fit. Always available. Played copious amounts of games at every club he's been at, and always liable to get you a goal. An actual. Uh, type of lad that I'm surprised didn't didn't make it into the championship and uh, and and kind of consolidate at that level, but really good, really good player. And Daryl Clark's had him at a couple of clubs, and he's always liable to to turn up with the goods. Lovely, uh, Mansfield blowing the chance to go top of League Two, gifting an early uh, Joe White goal. It saw promotion rivals Crew win by a goal to nil. Only the Stags' second defeat in the league this campaign. It ended their unbeaten home record as well. Back-to-back wins for Crew after they went six without a win in the league. So, important win for them in terms of sparking them back to life. A tough one to take for Mansfield too. Yeah, I think, you know, statement wins really for Crew Alexandra away at uh, Bradford and uh, and now at Mansfield. One of the stories I think that's been developing through, throughout the, the season really, Lee Bell turning their, their fortunes around so... Still, you know, a real youthful look to his side. I think there's a 19-year-old in goal currently, but with a you know sprinkling of experience, so that they've got a good opportunity. I think those positions, um, you know, the, the 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 rear end of the playoff picture are very much up for grabs. Um, but yeah, it feels like this could be Mansfield's year. Now, this result came on the back of that 
you know, kind of statement winner at Stockport, vastly experienced squad. It's just consistency that Nigel Clough's squads haven't been able to to put together really over the last few seasons. But yeah, it does feel like this could definitely be their year. But on the day and the last couple of results, huge to get crew back motoring and they've got an unbelievable opportunity themselves this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, listen, the FA Cup, FA Cup third round, always special. So we wanted to kind of review what the EFL sides did in that competition. Really ask you, Sam, about where your favourite performances came from. And I think we have to extend it to the National League, don't we? After Maidstone United uh, knocked out League One side Stevenage. Um, Just a fantastic result for George Ellicobi and his team. Not so much for Steve Evans and his. No, wouldn't have seen... Stevenage being the ones I, I I would suspect you would have imagined that Steve Evans would have known all about this type of tie would have got them highly motivated and, and in truth they had the opportunities another former ex teammate of mine Jamie Reed who's had a brilliant couple of seasons he turned down a couple of great opportunities um, to get them back in the game but yeah enormous credit to George Ellicobi what they were, were able to achieve there the, the one standout victory really wasn't it of the of the weekend and and you hope now they go on and achieve a a great tie not that Stevenage wasn't a um a pretty good tie for them in the third round but you you hope they can go on and I heard him speak wonderfully beautifully about it and the hope to to go to the Golden Palace I think he referred to Molyneux <laughs> as so that'd be nice for him as a former player mm. he's a former Colchester player as well but hopefully one of his old clubs or maybe one of the big Premier League teams for for them in the fourth round Fantastic result for Blackpool. Most Premier League sides would snap your hand off for a two-all draw away at the city ground, Nottingham Forest, because it is such a difficult place to go. That, for me, is a fantastic result. Yeah, I saw them actually in um, either the first or the the second round on on TalkSport 2 again at, at Bromley, and they were very impressive, actually. Um, Neil Critchley's got them, you know, playing some excellent stuff, some very exciting former players. CJ Hamilton's been a bit of a enigma, I suppose, across his, his EFL career, maybe lacked a bit of that consistency, but he's been terrific for them this season. Dembele, arguably, when I've seen him live, has been one of the standout performers in the division, incredibly exciting. And they're a really well-coached side. So, no, not surprised when you go to a Premier League team, they're inevitably going to be making changes, um, probably thinking about the warm weather training or whatever, which was around mm-hmm. the, the corner for them. Unlucky, you got to go to Blackpool on a Tuesday. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they'll have a great chance. They'll have a great chance again because Nuno Espirito Santo will, I'm sure, rotate, have a look at one or two things. And as I said, you know, Blackpool have got, I've got real firepower to, to hurt you. So, yeah, real standout victory and just unfortunate they couldn't hold on for the win. Well done to Liam Manning's Bristol City. They got a draw away at uh, Premier League side West Ham United and Watford just edged the National League side Chesterfield. 2-1 win at Vicarage Road. Left it very late. But you're listening to EFL All Access on TalkSport 2 in partnership with 888 Sport. Made to challenge, made to debate, made to play. It's 18+. plus. BeGambleAware.org. Up next, we will be speaking to the new Sutton United manager, Steve Morrison. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. UFL All Access on TalkSport 2. We've got someone even more special uh, to speak to live on the show. By the way, Hugh Wisencroft here alongside Sam Parkin. Uh, because Steve Morrison, the new Sutton United boss, joins us live. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. Congratulations. 
you know, thank it, you very much. It's, um, it's a fantastic opportunity in a great football club. It must have been sad to leave Hornchurch, of course, for you. And I know a lot of people, when you went to Hornchurch, almost questioned why you'd gone from the level that you were at in the championship down to Hornchurch. Now you're back in the EFL. So I wanted to start by asking you about your thought process through your managerial career since the time at Cardiff and what's brought you to Sutton? Um, thought process. Well, I didn't have much of a thought process in, uh, in terms of losing my job. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of happened out of the blue, um, which is fine. That happens. It's football. We get that. We've been there in it for long enough. Um, yeah, took some time out, uh, went for a couple of jobs, didn't get them. Um, took myself away from the situation and um, went and did some things. Uh, went to America for a bit and did some coaching over there for a month and just kind of did things that when you play football for 20 odd years and then go straight into coaching and management that you maybe don't get the opportunity to do. Um, and then the summer come and I really wanted to get back, uh, stand on a touchline at three o'clock in the afternoon. And, and um, yeah, I had a meeting with the owner at, at Hornchurch via a, a charity game of football and um, yeah, look, it was an opportunity to to try and uh, help them get over the line of where they'd fallen short the last couple of seasons, um, make a bit of change, help them be a bit more uh, professional, um, try and help them um, put a slightly better squad, do a bit better training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and look, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the owner, Alex Sharp's a, a top top guy, um, and he was fantastic for me. He, he helped me get my love back for for the coaching after everything I'd been through. Um, and yeah, got to, got to try loads of things on the training ground and put me to practice on a Saturday. And ultimately it led to us being, um, having a really good first half of the season, being seven points clear and 50 odd points and having a goal difference of plus 40 and jumping and Mm. and just being just enjoyable. Like there's no one, nothing better than winning and being successful, even if it's for a short space of time. And, uh, um, yeah, loved it and had a couple of opportunities come up over the last month. Um, and yeah, um, Sutton was one, the second one, and it just felt like it just felt right. And um, it, I met some really good people and they've um, they've got a plan. Uh, they want me to help implement that plan. And yeah, there's only one way that we can go and that's up. Indeed, but it's going to be a change, if you like, for you mentally there because, like you said, seven points clear, absolutely flying. Only one defeat, is it, so far this season? Yep. You know, top mm-hmm. of the Isthmian Premier. To now go to a Sutton United side that's won just one of their past nine league games. Obviously, it's a very different level here. So how do you change your thinking immediately as you go onto that training pitch now? You go from a side that's full of confidence to one where you now need to build it. Yeah, it's not me that needs to change my my mindset. It's the players. Um, the players. I've got to change the the players' thoughts and beliefs. I've got to change their um, their confidence levels. And obviously, I haven't got. I haven't been bogged down with what's gone on previously. So I come in with a um, with a fresh attitude to it all. Like for me, I haven't lost. I haven't won one in nine. I haven't lost eight or whatever it is. Mm. I went for many they've lost. I've I've got zero zero on my books at the minute. So um, uh, from my point of view, we go in and 
and we start afresh. It's like the first game of the season. Um, FA Cup just done. Um, yeah, we have to we have to work as hard as we can. Um, we have to run. We have to do the basics better than what they've done previously, um, and then hopefully try and improve the squad via some um, decent recruitment. Um, and lean on my experiences when I was at Cardiff of getting a team safe, um, which is don't overcomplicate it, improve the squad where you need to with good good loans. And um, yeah, just have no fear. They've got to have no fear. That's where they, they've got to believe it. And can I, can I uh, help with that? Um, I believe I can. And I will bring people in that can help me do that as well. And um um, that all starts while well, we train today, but people coming in and helping us do what we need to do starts tomorrow. Steve, it's Sam here. Well done on Hi, the, the new gig, mate. Um, I'm coming steaming in with a naughty one straight away. <laughs> Got um, it. I think you're inheriting Harry Smith and Aidan O'Brien, um, which I'm sure yep. you'll either have played with or will certainly know. Both, yeah. Is that going to be a positive or is that going to be a negative having to leave them out? Of course, a positive that you can work with them, but a negative maybe that you're going to have to leave them out for the first time. As a gaffer, uh, yeah, no, it's not a problem. It's it's it's, it's football. It's um, uh, Harry Smith. I don't have to worry about because he's suspended. Um, and Aidan Aidan O'Brien is a decision that um, we've got to make over the coming days because I think his loan ends on the twentieth of Jan. Um, so from a uh, manager's point of view, I've just got to make a decision to make on on Aidan, but I know all about Aidan as well. Um, but yeah, that's football. It's um. Uh, I clashed with Aiden enough when I played with him. I'm not worried about doing it when I'm manager. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, just firstly, the next game, it's a tough yep. game. It's at home against Barrow very, very quickly. What are you expecting from your side in terms of this week, in terms of their approach in training, so that, so that you can carry that into a positive performance at the weekend? I'm expecting three points. And that's that's what we, we're at home. Um, and I'm expecting them to put on a performance that the week will will demand out of them and um yeah we, if we don't if we don't win we don't lose and uh, our our focus will be solely on um we won't be focusing on just turning up and having a good performance I'm not we're not in it for good performances anymore we need we need we need points we need wins and um that'll be my demands and that'll be and it should be their demands as well and um yeah as i said we um we're working towards uh, being better every day and uh, hopefully we'll see better performances as well. Steve, best of luck with the job no at worries. Sutton United and thank you so much for coming on to join us here on EFL All Access. Really, really appreciate it. Good luck uh, with everything. Sam Parkin, thank you for being alongside me as well and to all of you for listening. Remember, you can get EFL All Access as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from. All you've got to do is search EFL All Access. It's also available on the TalkSport Game Day feed. So just check it out there as well. We'll be back each and every Monday at 6pm throughout the season.